Internets, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, your family, your friends, your neighbor, your cousin. It's a new year. It's a new day. But it's really, to me, it's new year, new opportunities. Let's all get to them. Let's pray for our blessings, but let's be determined and work hard to get where we need to fucking get. Okay? It's been very hard this, you know, end of the year with losing combat. He was more than just uh, uh, somebody that I, you know, done a bunch of things with in the podcast world. He was he was he was a big brother to me. He was a friend, and and more importantly, he was a voice that resonated with people worldwide. So he was loved by many, and I'm glad to see the outpouring support and love for him. So you know, rest in peace, Combat Jack. For but more importantly. We will continue to raise the bar and continue to shine that light and keep the legacy alive because we are Combat Jack Show forever. And being a product of that for so many years, man, we're going to keep the light shining, Reg. We're going to keep it shining. I know you're looking down on me. I hope you're not wearing jorts up there or turtlenecks. I just want to let you know that that I love you, brother, and and I'm proud to to have been a part of, of, of something that I know was so happy for you to do. You know, um, when we were at your memorial and we left, you know, I came outside and a lady tapped me on the shoulder and she says, hey, are you Premium Pete? And I was like, yes, how can I help you? And she's like, oh, I'm a doctor at Mount Sinai Hospital. And, uh, you know, I was I was with Reggie till the end and, and he told me how much that he loved you and how much he really enjoyed you know, uh, doing the Combat Jack show and, and, and making it what it is with you and a bunch of other people. And I was like, you know, it was like really good to hear that, you know. I, I mean, he has told me that, but it, it just was really good to hear that. And, and just to see how many people came out in the memorial, how many people showed love, and how many people he, you know, he, he resonated with, man. It just goes to show you that leave a legacy behind. Like, whatever you do, like, don't just do shit to do shit. Do, you know, do shit that could be left behind. Do shit that people could, you know, always remember you by. You know, ask yourself, you know, without getting all fucking philosophical. Like, what's your legacy? You know, what are people going to remember you when you go? And, you know, combat, I want to let you know, man. (laughs) They remembered you and they love you. And you, I always used to, you know, I said this, uh, you know, I think last episode with the Remembering Combat Jack episode we did with Dallas Penn, which was dope. I really like that we were able to get some people on the phone, like Killer Mike and Elliot Wilson and my brother A. King and Jay Slayer and um, Bumby. You know, there's so many people, you know, that that, that loved combat and, and the outpour and the love was crazy. So, again, Reggio Say, a.k.a. Combat Jack, um, loved my brother. And I remember you always used to tell me, yo, Pete, yo, you think they fuck with us? You think they're listening? Well, let me tell you something. They've been listening. Yesterday, today, and forever. Love you, brother. Rest in peace, Combat Jack. Um, on a, on, on, a, on a, a higher note, I do um, want to mention, and I'm very proud, that the You Gotta Eat This Ewing 33 highs are available worldwide on uinathletics.com. Go copy yourself a pair. Originally, when we dropped it, me and Bum B designed these sneakers in the love of sushi, so everything is sushi. The shoe uh, up, you know, sports a, a salmon and a tuna upper. It has white uh, sole for the rice. The back has a chopstick uh, heel strap, heel uh, tap strap, and uh, a heel strap tab. What the hell's the matter with me today? Um, and the uh, wasabi inner liner. Ewingathletics.com. I'm so 
that was that was a highlight too at the end of the year to be able to design my own sneaker and not just premium Pete with me bum B and you got to eat this partner with you in athletics and really to give it a story like the sushi man thank you to everyone who copped the pair thank you everyone who liked it or shared it and more importantly even though that we're in the new year thank you to everyone last year who listened to an episode told a friend about an episode blogged about it liked it retweeted it shared it thank you and we're going to continue, okay, in the remembrance of our, our friend Combat Jack to raise the ball this year. We'll, we'll, look for all different type of episodes to drop. I'm excited about that. I've also told people last year to email me the podcast. Don't just send me a podcast and don't write none. Tell me what the fuck it's about. And plenty of people have emailed me at thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. They emailed thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. And let me tell you something. The end of the year got busy, but I got all your emails. And the people who have emailed, I'm going to get back to. Maybe I'll answer back, give you a couple of uh, pointers, you know, being that I didn't, I've been doing the podcast game for so long. Or maybe we'll jump on a, a phone call. And if you out there and you're listening just now and haven't did that, the premium at gmail.com, shoot me your podcast. Let's help further the podcast community. If I think that it sounds terrible, I had to tell you, like, yo, get better sound or your show's not going to get better. Like one thing that content is important, but it's got to sound good. You know, I think that's really important. Internet, let me tell you something. Starting off the year 2018, um, you know, like I said in the beginning, it's new new year, new opportunities. I'm out here raising my baby boy, presents over presents. Loving that. I'm loving that my daughter's uh, been accepted to some colleges. I'm, I'm, I'm a proud father and uh, about to ship her away next year and, 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 and as she goes to grow up and... and, and I'm excited about that. But more importantly, the first episode of the year is with a guy that I've been trying to get on the show for a long time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Victor Cruz. New York Giant football player. But more importantly, a real fashion guy, real street culture guy. But really, just like a dude that like I always felt that there wasn't an episode out there that really painted this guy's full story and journey. I mean, think about it. I mean, I'm going to say it in the episode, but a kid from fucking Patterson, New Jersey, plays for the Giants and then wins a fucking Super Bowl? Come on, man. Uh, talk about like writing down some of your goals. Internet, we get into everything about Victor Cruz. Everything from, you know, playing football for the Giants or playing college or his father, or, you know, uh, having his own sneaker, dating Carucci, you know, dealing with the media. Internet, okay? You want to get ready for some salsa? Or get ready for Victor Cruz, I present to you. The Premium Pete Show episode with Victor Cruz. Let's get to it. Cheer. Come on, everybody, get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want to scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show because Milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. Internet, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Sitting here with my guy, long time trying to. Yo, let me tell you something. <laughs> Multiple episodes, I say this, so uh-huh. the internet's listening and realize I'm like, yo, I always mention this. I'm gonna say it fucking again. It's the follow up. People always ask me too. You know, being in the podcast game for a long time, people mm-hmm. ask me like, yo, you know, how do you how do you get a certain guest or how do you do this, man? It's the fucking follow up because people are busy. Then yourself could be busy, you know, and sometimes people take shit personal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So after a long time of trying to get this motherfucker on the show, <laughs> my guy Victor Cruz is here. What's going on, baby? Happy to be here. Man, listen. It's you an know, honor. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for that, man. Um, when we were talking off air, I was like, yo, I don't think I've heard personally an episode where people could even really know who the fuck Victor Cruz is. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, New York will say like, oh, he's a giant you know, saucer in the end zone. Some people say like, oh, he's part of it. He wants to work at Kith, you know, like (laughs) I'm sure you've seen people say that that shit. I get that. Um, But people don't know who the fuck maybe you really are. So right off the bat, we'll start off. You grew up in Patterson, New Jersey. Yes, sir. Mom and dad? Mom and dad grew up in Patterson, New Jersey. I was born in 1986. Uh, Dominican? Puerto Rican. Okay. Don't ever get that. I'm mis- sorry. Don't Yo, why is there such a beef? Why is there such a beef with that? You, don't leave this room miscommunicating Yo, one time that to I, nobody. Yeah. <laughs> it can get really crazy out there. What's the difference of, of, of Puerto Rican culture versus Dominican culture? It's not many things other than there's a dialect difference and there's just a sense of pride, I think, is more so what it is. It's not mm. necessarily... Mm. I mean, there's little subtle things, obviously, that as Puerto Ricans you know, can point out to Dominicans. Dominicans can point out on us, too. Um, but I think it's more so about the sense of pride you have in your culture, who mm. you are. So, yeah, so my mom's Puerto Rican. My pops is black. Um, man, I grew up in a predominantly single-parent household with my mom's, you know. Why, why is that? Why is that? Well, my mom and dad just weren't together uh, when I was born. And when, you know, when I started to come up, he did, just didn't come around until I was seven. I met my pops when I was seven. Do you know why? Did he ever tell you why? No, I think it was just a thing where... Um, you know, my mom's was being a certain way, and and dad was giving some pushback, and it was just a lot of a lot of moving parts to that. And then, um, so they never told me why, but I just take it, for, I just took it for what it was. So I met him when I was seven, and then from there we built on a great relationship. I met my brother at that time too. I have an older brother. Um, what up, Malik? And then I also have an older sister that I had obviously communicated with throughout my entire childhood, and then I have a younger sister on my mother's side. Um, who's going to be 23 years old tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, happy early born day. Mm-hmm. You know, what What did moms do? So moms was a customer service representative at Benjamin Moore and Company. That sounds so fucking professional. For, for real, for you real. You talking about the paint shit? The paint joint. But okay. she worked, obviously, in corporate and worked in the customer service okay, department. Okay, nice. So she would drive, like, roughly 45 minutes to, to and from work. So two-hour commute mm-hmm. just to get there and back. You know... When I look at myself, my daughter is going to be 18. But when she was two, me and her mother separated. We mm-hmm. got divorced. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she ever got a chance to really even understand what it was like for us to be together. Yeah. And I do believe that that doesn't affect kids, in my opinion, as much as, say, you break up or divorce when you're, say, Later. a teenager. Uh-huh. Did you even know what was going on that you didn't have a mother and father living together? I thought age? it was not. I didn't even. It was crazy, Pete, is that when I, I didn't know that there was a difference until I got to school. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I was just like, well, everybody must. Because all my friends, none of their dads were there. Maybe one of my friends growing up on my block, his pops was there. But it was just, just like, oh, that's his pops. Like, whatever. You didn't think about society and culture and how that kind of shaped who you were. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We didn't think about it like that. So. Um, I thought it was the norm until I got to school and got to class and they're like, yeah, you know, we start going stories and we're doing certain projects or whatever the case may be. And everybody's talking about their dad, waking up with their dad, their dad doing this in the same house, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, my, well, why I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Where, where's Pops at? Why am I not? You know, so I had some, a couple of questions early on in life, but 
as you get older, you start to understand and go, oh, okay. You know, I see. I, I see what happened. Did you ever feel like, you know, a lot of kids uh, get into trouble mm-hmm. when they find out things like that? You know, sometimes that, you know, spirals them down to, you ever, nah. you ever get into trouble young? I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. I was in tons of trouble. Mostly had to do with women uh, just being young and and uh, being a kid in grammar school mm-hmm. and running around. and Stick and move. All that good. Yeah, that's it. Bob and <laughs> weave. Bob and weave. Um, but yeah, I was getting in trouble. I was doing things. I mean, we had a, we had something called demerits in grammar school where if you got a certain number of demerits, you couldn't go like they were, if you got 25 demerits, you couldn't go to prom. Mm. And if you got 30 demerits, you couldn't go to graduation. So I finished the year with like 38 demerits. Mm. Um, so I couldn't do either of the two, but I got a scholarship to go to high school. So my parents were like, and what? And uh, and football, really? Mm-hmm. And how did that mm-hmm. even? When did you? You know, it's funny. I want to be honest, Pete. It was pretty illegal. I'm not going to front. It was one of those like I don't know. I'm not incriminating anybody because everybody that gave me that money is no longer doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was literally like a booster. It was like, yo, we're going to pay for you to go to this high school. And so they saw something in you. Thousand percent. Really? Mm-hmm. It must have been some Patterson Mafia guys. <laughs> was he was it definitely Tony, Italian, was it by the Paulie way. Paulie Walnuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it might have been. What about Christopher Maltesanti? Did you get to meet? Did you get to meet him when he did the kitchen? I did. Yeah. I did. He's the How coolest is he, man. man. So I would have cool. told him, listen, I thought you said I was a right spider. <laughs> he was super chill. Yeah. Um, and we talked about obviously that and among and a bunch of other shit. Um, but he was he was super cool. You know, going back to getting a scholarship. You know, um, how long your pops passed away? Mm-hmm. When, when was that? Was that later on in life? Or? I was twenty years old. Okay, so, so we got some time for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get the scholarship, mm-hmm. and, and and moms is happy, pops is happy. Moms is okay. She was obviously still upset that I was, uh, you know, didn't make it to prom or or, or graduation, none of that. But um, she was okay because she's like, okay, high school is a new leaf. You're gonna be a different person. Blah blah blah. I go to, I initially go to a school called Passaic County Tech, mm. which Great is school? a public school. Great school, but it was a vocational school, mm. so it was like. You would go there and, you know, be in woodshop all day if that's what you chose to do as your, you know, as your profession or as your career that you chose to do throughout high school. So my parents, that and on top of playing ball and playing football and basketball and all that good stuff. So my parents thought that I should be getting a different type of education as well as a different type of athletic experience. So Patterson Catholic High School was a more competitive sports high school. And but how the fuck did they know that? I mean, you just know. So just I from mean, the neighborhood? The city, just, you just, yeah, but you, you didn't know that. You, but you just trusted I knew your... that. I knew that, but I just felt like, yo, I'm I'm a talented dude. I, you know, if I go to Passaic County Tech or Patterson Catholic, I'm going to still figure it out and do what I need to do with my talent level. I'm going to just put it out there and see what happens. Either way, whether I was there or whether I was over here. It's just a matter of how much better am I going to get against this type of talent. And the education factor was on the back, you know, on the back side of that. You know, it was like a twofold kind of thing. Mm. Now, did you visit any schools, like, you know, later on? Or Going to college? Then? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I visited Hofstra. I visited Clemson. I visited UMass, obviously. I visited, uh, where else did I go? I went to the University of Virginia. What were, like, the scholarship visits like? Fun. Uh, you go there, and you have the initial part is, like, you meet the coaches, and they take you on a little tour, and they take you around the campus and show you around and all that. It's not like stuff. he got game, right? Uh, I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one. Okay, thank you. Um, but they show you around, and then after that, you go to dinner, and then you have a host. So one of the guys that are already on the team kind of hosts you. You either go out, have a drink, have fun, show you what the college atmosphere is like at night, mm-hmm. um, and then you go from there. 
So you went to how many Hofstra? I went to Hofstra. I went to uh, U- University of Virginia. I went to Clemson. I went to UMass. I think that was it. That was four. And which one did you want to pick? In? I ended up picking UMass, University mm-hmm. of Massachusetts, mainly because well, they were the only ones that uh, gave me a. They were the only ones that offered me a scholarship. Every other school brought me in for an unofficial visit. Mm. So there's all these little rules with with uh, the NCAA. But UMass was the only one that gave me a scholarship, and the guy that coached there was from Patterson, New Jersey. Mm. And he was the one that came and kind of made sure I was good and brought me around and all that. So once I saw that, I was like, yo, this guy's from my hood, sure. and he Sounds made it through, and he's a coach, and he's making X amount a year. I'm like, at the very least, I'm going to be that. So I'll take that. You know what I'm saying? Let me ask you something. How, how crooked, and I'm, I'm not putting you on the spot, uh-huh. but, but I mean, it, it's a real question. How crooked do you think the NCAA is? Oh, man. Um, extremely. I mean, mm. if you look at it just uh, from a from a financial standpoint alone, you're using these kids, right, that become personalities, especially over the past, what, 10 years now? Mm-hmm. Kids in college are becoming personalities. If you look at Johnny Manziel, sure. if you look at Cam Newton, if you look at, you know, even Deshaun Watson, as sure. like you see these guys, they become personalities well, well before they're mm-hmm. in the National Football League or the NBA. And you're selling product with these guys' numbers on them. may not have their names, but if you're selling it within that year, and some of these are blatant, like some colleges, you know, have a guy dabbing on a t-shirt but it's not cam newton's number on it so but it's cam newton you know what i mean like so they're selling this product but you're not getting anything for it they're using your name and likeness and it's pretty much boosting the entire economy for that specific college campus or for that specific program but the kid or the student doesn't see any of that money everybody's making money except for the kids but check this out and this is what people say they're getting a free ride to school but let me ask you something Mm -hmm. How long did you pay in the NFL? Seven years. Seven years. Mm-hmm. It's not long enough to, 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 to keep you good for the rest of your life. Not even close. So don't you think some of these kids, and there should be a scale of how good you are, should get paid? 1,000%. I think it should definitely be scaled in terms of not only not only how good you are, but what type of, I think it should scale from like in high school. Remember, you got to gauge your family's income mm. and you got a car depending on whatever your family makes. I think if you come in and they gauge your family's income coming in, they should determine, okay, you're you're a little well off. This guy from Compton that plays wide receiver for us, his mother doesn't even have a pot to piss in. Mm. So let's give him X amount and give you X amount because that's how it should balance out. You know what I'm saying? And you know what it also does? Is, and, and it's crazy that life doesn't evolve like this. And that's the problem with NCAA, you know, um, college football. Mm-hmm. These kids go from making no money to making tons of fucking money. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, even I, we're bouncing around now. We'll get back to some things. But you come into football, you weren't making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Then then there must have been a point in time where you were making big money. I remember talking with Rod Stricker. I remember him telling me that he went from, uh, I don't know, like a couple of thousand dollars in his bank account at the most. And then he was getting, NBA was putting every other week like uh, 200000 in. That's or something. insane. You know... I never forget the first check I got in the National Football League when I was like a rookie, and I picked up my check and I was like, "Oh snap!" Made the team. What was it looking like? This is the first check, and I'm opening it up, and it was you know I was undrafted free agent, so what? I, I wasn't a first round pick or nothing like that, right? So I pick up the check. It's ten grand. Ten. Grand. I look at this check. P. I look around. I was like, man, I gotta make sure I put this in my pocket right now. <laughs> Because if I lose this or... It was signed, it was signed from the signed Giants. John Mara, the, oh the NFL, God. whole thing. 
You ever take a picture in it? My mother has it framed. Are you kidding me? Yeah. My mother has that thing See, but framed. people don't, not saying all, but probably not NF, every NFL player cherishes that moment I'm if they grew if they didn't grow up like you know the other day i put like um i was in walmart and uh, my lady was like yo pick us up uh, some cinnamon toast crunch so i picked up this family size cinnamon toast crunch and mm-hmm. i walked by i seen uh i think it was like i forgot what it's called like uh cin- cinnamon cinnamon love like, it was like the, the bootleg bag one. gotcha okay, okay and i was like damn man i took a picture and i was like cinnamon if, squares or yeah something, i was yeah. like if i didn't have cinnamon say squares mm-hmm. Growing up, I would have never knew how good mm-hmm. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is when I was able to. And, you know, I do believe in that. I do believe that, you know, that people who never been there before can value and appreciate it. But we're set up for failure if people don't teach us, mm-hmm. meaning how to manage our money. How do you come into the NFL, NBA, wherever, making no money from college? Mm-hmm. Think about it. I mean, I, I don't want to harp on it, but it's no, like. of course. And fucking. How did you how how did you manage this shit? I mean, I was uh, it, it was about my support system. I think a lot of these kids don't have someone in their corner to tell them, "Hey, don't spend that." I know you're you know I know we're going from a from nothing to having a lot, but don't spend it all, dog, because we're gonna need that. You're gonna need that later on in life when it's all said and done. You're gonna need this money to live on. You play this game. The average lifespan in the NFL is I think it's like three and a half years now. Not even so like. You got at the most, you got three and a half years to maximize in the NFL, at least to maximize your potential to make the maximum amount of money. And you only have three and a half years. So how are you going to position yourself mentally, physically and emotionally to max out this time so you can potentially stretch that time out more and continue to accrue money so that you can be more well off in the on the back end in the future? I mean, a lot of guys don't have that person in their crew to tell them. Yo, don't spend that. Let's let's get this financial advisor. Let's put money in tr- in trust. Let's let's put money away. Let's save it. Let's Bitcoin. invest it. Bitcoin. Did you fuck like, with that early? I can't fuck with that, man. No. I need, Did you ever fuck with it? I need to see my money. Like I need to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not. What have you invested in? Because you know what? That's important for people listening 100%. to hear. Like, yo, you played football, you made money, mm-hmm. okay? You did, a, and we'll get into some other things. I know you definitely did some sponsorship mm-hmm. and shit like that. So, um, what I've else? invested in. Well, there's one brand I want to talk about. At least one of my investments is called Kanga. I mm-hmm. think it's a, it's an app. It's out there. It's available now. It's basically K A N G A. That's it. K A N G A Kanga, and it's basically Instagram format. But every photo that I post, I can tag each and every brand that I'm wearing. Anything from a freaking ring from Swarovski to a shoelace through a hoodie that's a discus shoelace or whatever. I can. I can tag that, and you can go to that brand and buy that shoelace right from that app. Mm. Um, and it goes directly to, you know, your home or whatever the case may be. So I'm excited about that app. It's, um, it's already out there? It's already out there. You can download it now. Uh, we're just working on bef- we're working on getting some more investors before we throw the big sure, the sure. big shebang out there. But it's definitely live and, and ready. What about some property? Do you believe in I do investment? believe in that. I'm literally getting into that right now. I just met some people that kind of opened my eyes to it. And uh, the way to do it and kind of guide me along the right way. Um, so I'm, that's definitely the next phase. You know, something that I think that I've realized, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, um, and, and, and I want to hear your struggles with it or, or, or what you're, you know, how you move about it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, okay, so Victor Cruz, you win a Super Bowl, you want to play with the Giants. You know, you also uh, know how to move. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is friends with a bunch of people. 
You know, like like a, a true, even though you're from Jersey, true like New Yorker. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We know how to move. We know how to mingle. We maybe like here. I remember times where I was hanging out with people, fucking millionaires, and I think I had two hundred dollars in the bank. I'm yeah, like, what yeah. the fuck am I doing? Here? <laughs> Not saying that's you, but what I'm saying is mm-hmm. you're definitely hanging with people who may be ten times bigger than you. Yeah, money wise and everything. Absolutely. You ever ask yourself like? Not why do I belong, but like, what's my place? All the time. I mean, it's, I always think about, you know, how did I get here? Like, mm-hmm. why? I, I don't believe in coincidence. I think everything happens for a reason. I think I'm supposed to know these people for a reason. I think I'm supposed to be around this group of people for a reason. It's just a matter of, you know, using your mind and using your brain to figure out what that reason is. You know what I mean? And figuring out how you can connect the dots, how you can use these people as resources to improve your brand, their brand, your friendship even. Like, there's always creative ways to do that, and and I think that there's a reason why I'm around these people. Mm-hmm. And, and every day, is, you know, I always ask myself, like, man, you, you're extremely blessed because not only are you not supposed to be doing what you're doing, but you've overcome so many obstacles and overcome so many different things Uh that it's it's remarkable the things that I've been able to accomplish and and it's been nothing but a blessing from God. You know, I I I look at like a lot of your run and um it's funny that you've been setting yourself up for after football without even realizing it. In my opinion, I'm not saying that you don't know what the fuck you're doing, <clears throat> but I'm saying it's like that's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um and 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 I I've been happy to see that because I think that what you tap in what you tap what you're tapping into um, most people, it's not easy to do that. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is building relationships. You know, we talk about being around different people, but nobody ever thinks about how we could create with other people. Exactly. Just, you know, just because I may not be rich, but my knowledge and this can maybe get me into a company that you want. And you're like, yo, I want to bring you on, bring some equity. Who the fuck knows? Mm-hmm. These things happen. 100%. And, 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 and it's been great to see. I want to step back to, um, you, you go to college, you go to UMass. Yep. So college wasn't too peachy, man. So the first year in college, well, I got kicked out of college twice. Mm. Um, so the first year in college, first sem- well, let's go this first semester, I come in, I'm like, yo, I'm a hooper. I mean, I'm a I'm a hooper. I think I'm a hooper, um, but I'm a football player. They're gonna pass me. I don't need to really go to all these classes. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna make my way through. Ended up getting like three D's and two F's or some shit like that, and then. I was on probation that year. Came back the next year, couldn't get myself out of the hole. I ended up getting kicked out of school for academic issues after that year. Mm. So I'm home, taking community college courses right in the hood in Patterson. And everybody's kind of looking at me and they're like, yo, what's good? Like, how you home already? Like, you was just got there. You've been there a year. You got a scholarship. Like, what's up? I'm kind of hiding from people, barely want to be around friends. This is for a whole semester, a whole three months, four months, whatever it was. And um, and I had to, you know, do it the hard way. I did what I had to do, got back in school, had to get over a 2.5 GPA, was behind the eight ball and couldn't figure it out, failed that semester, got sent home again. So they have a three-strike policy, obviously, in college. If you get kicked out academically three times, really? they don't let you back in. So the last time, I take more community college courses just so I could stay afloat and stay on track. Um, and then, boom, I go back for the last time. I'm like, all right, I picked a major, a double major in African-American history and communications. And I was like, I got to do this. This is like something just clicked and was like, I got to make this happen. Mind you, because I was academically ineligible, I didn't play football those first two years either. So I go back, choose a major, 
get to my, you know, get the grades I needed to get that year, that semester. Ended up playing ball, killing it, had my best season, over over 1,000 yards receiving, um, like eight touchdowns, 70-something catches. It was mm, just like— mm, Talk about it. It was just like a good—it was one of those years that you like, okay, now the stars are aligning. Now, now I got it figured out. Now I'm coming into my own a little bit, and— uh, and it was all it was all paying off, but man, those two years, those two semesters down, being home, staring at my friends. How did being you not? Were you depressed? A little bit. My dad passed away when I, you know, in that year so before, where I was home before you even made it to the NFL. So before I even made it to the NFL, so he's never seen me play. A lot of people don't know this, but he's never seen me play at the collegiate level, and he's never seen me play at the pro level either, mm. which is crazy. Do you remember your last conversation with pops? My last conversation with pops, uh, we were talking about. What were we talking about? Oh, last conversation we had, we were talking about my sister, mm. my oldest sister, and we were just talking about our feelings um, towards her. I think she was pregnant at the time, and we were having a conversation, and we were just talking. And, you know, he was giving me his opinion. I was giving him mine. We, we may not have agreed on different things, but we just, you know, we had an open conversation, maybe one of the most open conversations we've had um, and most adult-like conversations we've had, you know, in a long time, maybe ever. Because I was, what, 19, 20 years old at the time, and I was, like, coming into my own, you know, I thought I was a man and wanted to express my opinions about certain things, and we had those, we had that conversation. It was healthy. I think we needed to have it so we can establish that, you know, where I was in my life and him accepting me for what I was at the moment. You ever, you ever hold a grudge or you forgave Pop for all those times he wasn't there? Yeah, I forgave him a long, long time ago. Like, I, I understand. I, I can... I think as you get older, too, you, you get it. Yeah, you figure it out, man, and, and you figure you understand circumstance, and you understand just you know who you are, how you are as a person. I thank him for coming back at some point, and not mm. just saying you know Giving forget up, it forever. You know, he came back and was like, okay, I'm gonna be a man and take care of my business and mm. do what I need to do with my children. You know, you have a daughter. You know, mm-hmm. you uh, how old is she? Five years old. Five years old, man. Six January ninth. Man, that's your time. It it goes by so Flies, fast, man. man. My daughter's gonna be eighteen. It's insane to even. I, I miss those days, man. I'm not ready for none uh, of man. that. 18. Get yourself another gun. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> you know, I ask you that because do you see yourself and have you been trying to and not meaning like oh yeah, but be a better father. Not saying that your father was bad, but. Mm-hmm. Have you been finding yourself to go above and beyond for your daughter more than your father ever did? One hundred. With that in the mindset. One hundred percent. I mean, it, 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 it's something that follows me every day. Like I always think about what can I. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about what can I do for her. How can I improve her life? How can I just spend time with her? How can I maximize my time with her? What activities can I do to stimulate her mind and make sure she's smart and make sure she's healthy and what is she eating? I mean, it's just everything under sure. the sun. Um, because that's your child, and you want to give her more than what you ever had without spoiling them. Without sure. You know, it's always a balance, and the grandparents don't help at all. But um, Hey, listen, you know, I always preach this motto in a lot of friends and, and internets live by it, presence over presence, meaning always and the, the, the time mm-hmm. you spend with your kid. I, I always use her example. I got divorced when my daughter was two years old. I bought her maybe a thousand Barbies. Mm-hmm. She'll remember that. But every Friday... For like ten years, I used to take her to the movies. Mm-hmm. She never forgot that. Yeah, and she may not remember there was you know five hundred movie tickets, but I put them all in a Nike box. But the point I'm making is that she remembered that time. Yeah, and that stayed cemented. And but sometimes I'll be honest with you, there is presence with presence too. Yeah, like if you give your kid a football, you got to go and fucking throw that fucking thing and catch it. One hundred percent. Some parents are like, yo, go outside, go play hide and go exactly. fuck yourself. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? exactly. Everything that I do. 
um, is definitely interactive with her. So every, like, she's on this Uno thing now. So she likes playing Uno with me and, like, you know, figuring out the game. And, and she hates oh, to oh, lose. skip, reverse. All of that. Draw she four. Like, draw four. Yo, I love Uno, man. It's a good game, yeah. yo. It's, I fell back in love with it with her. Like, I was you, just you like, You know yo. what I fucking love, too? LCR. You ever play that shit? Mm-mm. With What's the that? dice where you got to roll it and it's like, yo, fat, well, Listen, during the, during the holidays or during parties or whatever, okay. L- LCR, man, it's a dice game. Okay. And uh, it's literally- Toys R Us? You can buy Toys R Us, Okay, yeah. I got to find but it. But it's like, like well, it's it's such a fun game, man. Like, adults will love it. Like, play okay. with your grandmother. Your, your nephews will love it, too, because they get a chance to win money. Yeah. Classic game. Okay. Um, But more importantly, even being- Did you ever get married? I did not. Okay. I did not. Now, I was engaged, but I did not get now, married. Now, was she your um, high school sweetheart? Uh yes, well we met the summer after my high school senior year, yeah. so we met right after high school. The reason I asked that for, and I know, I mean, as somebody being divorced, mm-hmm. um, how hard is that to be with someone where where, where things like your whole life kind of changed mm-hmm. without changing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it, it, it's tough because you're one per. I mean, you change as a person and you grow, and you you meet them when you're so young. That, you know, you're not even your real self. You don't even know your real self then. You just know what's put in front of you and what's being molded for you at the moment. But you don't know who you are, really. And then to have this person with you and to grow with this person is sometimes you grow apart, sometimes you grow together. You you never know. Um, but to have that person there through those times is is definitely something to be said about that, something in a positive way because you have someone that cares about you so much that they want to be with you through the good and the bad. There's something to be said about that. But as you continue to grow, sometimes you grow apart. And and, and sometimes that's, you know, no matter who's the microcosm of that, you have to look out for your own individual happiness. And that's the biggest key is being happy because you could be together and miserable and then that's not going to do anything for your child, for yourself, for your own psyche. You're not going to be your best self. So you need to find whatever's going to be your best self. And if that's being individual and if that's being by yourself and not being you know, a part of your significant other's life, then so be it. You know, when you have a kid with somebody, it's very, um, very tough to reach common ground. Oh, and, 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 you know, and, and, and it's crazy too. And, and, and without getting to hmm. full in, in hmm. your full business, because this is not no fucking gossip hmm. show, but I, I'm bringing this up only for a point to explain this. You know, you're in, you're in the spotlight, mm-hmm. catching touchdowns for the New York Giants, living your dream. But the media is so powerful, you know. They, and and then bringing up the point, even like with with, with 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 when you were married, not married, when you with you, and they're mm-hmm. trying to say you had. First of all, how the fuck is people say you had two hundred side chicks? Can I just say something? two hundred. Yo, if you had two hundred side chicks, I want to end this fucking thing right now. First of all, listen to me. It is. There, I love you. There man. aren't enough hours to the two hundred side chicks. To even maintain 200 women. I could barely maintain my mom and sister <laughs> on a daily basis, let alone two. Stop it. Yeah. Like, well, I don't even know where this comes from, to be honest. You know, the, the reason why I brought this up is for a main point is this. For people who have been in situations like that, because um, there's tons out there, mm-hmm. not 100%. just Victor Cruz's. 100%. How, and when I say common ground is, okay, this happened, but you still want to, you still obviously in your daughter's life, you still this. It's tough sometimes to get past to like what happened between y'all mm-hmm. and just worry about the kid. Did you get there yet? Is it is, has it been tough? We're there. I think we we just got there. Yeah, um, it takes but it's, time. It takes time, man, and it's tough. And even now, it's still you know touching touch and go a little bit. 
Um, but I think we're there. I think we're we're realizing that it's about it's about our daughter. Sure. And that's the biggest thing. That's the only thing. You know what I mean? And and however we set her up for success is up to us. Yeah. Just because we aren't together doesn't mean we can't be the best parents in the world. You know what I'm saying? So and make Kennedy feel like it's this is as seamless as physically possible. Sure. That she still sees both her parents as much as possible. And knows that you both love her. And knows that we both love her very, very much and would do anything for her. So I think with those things in mind, we understand like, okay, we can get past with the things we need to get past and move forward and uh, and be just the strongest presence in our daughter's life. Yo, besides uh, teammates, cause I'm sure teammates laughed at you for 200 side checks. Did 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 <laughs> did did, did uh, any uh, like ownership or fucking Jerry Reese and them say something to you? Nah, nobody said nothing to me. Thank God. <laughs> um, they were like, oh, yo, but so- there were like some coaches and stuff that you know kind of was busting my chops a little bit, running upon me like, bro, 200, bro. I'm like, coach, back up, bro. Like, yeah, oh, we're yeah. not doing this today, okay? Fall we got back, a game. Bro. We got yeah, a game. Let's this prepare. Week. You know let's what I'm prepare. saying? Um, but a lot of those guys, you're probably their idol if they think that's true. Yo, I was just about to say that. People were calling me the goat and yeah. like, yo, Vic's the man. I'm just like, yo, this isn't this isn't the type of love I want right now. Yo, you know the media, and we'll take a break soon. But the media has been. I mean, they fans love you, bro. And you did something. You know, especially I think like you did again, and this is what I'm gonna go to. And when we end this episode, you're gonna see exactly where I think. Okay. You did something different, just like as you're preparing for your football after football life without even fucking knowing it. Mm-hmm. You know, getting into streetwear and doing different things and investing. But then you look at it, you score a touchdown, and we got to get to even how you fucking got to the fucking football. But <laughs> you do a salsa. Who the fuck ever did a salsa? What made you even do that? Because that was different. I think that caught pe- people's eyes. So obviously I'm Puerto Rican, like we talked about earlier. Of course. Obviously I got a little bit, you know, I can move a little bit. Grandma, okay. well, I made sure that I got right. You know, growing up, she made sure that she handled it. Esta loca, dali huevo. <laughs> My grandmother made sure I learned all the dance. Like I had the moves down. She wasn't playing no games with that. So as I got older, whatever, you know, I wasn't necessarily a dancer. I knew how to dance. I attended in an inordinate amount of Sweet 16s, so I know how to dance. I know how to, you know. Especially in Jersey, bro. Oh, my God. It's not even. But it, I just have family cousins and all types of females and women that just wanted me in the, a part of their party. And you got to get the, the Pito, suit and the Tito, tuxedo. Tito. Yeah, yeah, so the whole thing. So I get to the, fast forward, I get to the league. I'm making my first start as a New York Giant, number 80, week three. What's actually, instead of even waste time, yo. Okay. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Week three, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so, number 80, week so, three, why number, number 80? 80? Week three. So, the, it chose me. Okay. I didn't even, uh-huh. I didn't have a choice. Um, and then I'm in the 80, I'm out there practicing, getting ready to, for that week. And Coach Mike Sullivan, who's the uh, offensive coordinator for the Giants, he was the quarterback's coach at the time. And he walks up to me, he was like, yo, you do that, you get in that end zone, bro, like, you got to do something for the people. And he was half Mexican. Mm. So, he was like, you got to do something to represent the people. Like, And I'm like, Coach, we're like... What do you want me to do? I can't like cook platanos in the end zone. Gee, I can't like make, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know what you want me to do. So he goes, yo, he was like, you got to do that salsa. You know how to, you know how to do that, right? Like, you know how to dance? I was like, yeah, I know how to dance. But like, you want me to dance in the end zone? He's like, yeah, that's the only way. That's the only way to do it. And I was like, just to get him out of my face, I'm like, all right, coach. So this is my first start. I'm just trying to make sure I catch the ball. Sure, sure. And don't fumble and get as many yards as possible and get the hell out of bounds. Like, that's it. So I get to the game fast. He, all week, I'm telling you, he told me this every single day until I had to shoo him away. So all week he's telling me this, and then Sunday comes around. Everybody's, you know, getting ready for the game. He sees me before the game. He gives me a wink. 
and we always said a prayer or whatever um, before the game began. He always says like a prayer to me. And then done. We start playing. My first catch, dog. First catch of the game. I'm going up the sideline. I shake two. I shake two to, uh, two defenders. Was that versus the Jets? That was versus the Eagles. The okay. Jets was the preseason game. Okay, so yeah. that happened the year prior. But this is the first official start regular season. The whole thing. First catch. I shake two defenders and I'm going up the sideline. I'm like, yo, I'm about to score this. Yeah, I'm about to score this touchdown. And now, when you're running like that, do do you see anybody behind you? No, nah, I'm looking up at the screen. So okay. there's a screen. It's real cocky shit. But if you yeah. look up at the screen while you're running, you can see who's behind you. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. Sort. Um, so I was looking up, nobody was there, so I was like, all right, bet. I'm at the three-yard line, like, yo, I gotta, I gotta do this dance now. It, was, it popped up to the f- forefront of my brain. And then as soon as I got in the end zone, I just put the ball down, and I started dancing, and, and we were in Philly, so I'm looking at all the Philly fans sad and crying yeah, and yeah, yeah. pointing at me. You piece of shit. Exactly, and I'm like, oh, I'm dancing for y'all for sure today. So that's where it started, and then... Every week, I just started to do better and better and catch touchdown after touchdown, and then it just became a thing. You know, you you, you sometimes seem media trained. How the fuck did that happen, bro? <laughs> I don't know, man. Especially for a dude that got kicked out of yeah, school exactly. twice. Right? What the fuck? Like, you know, I just the thing for me. I think I watched a lot of TV. Yeah, like whether it be shows or whether it be just growing up or whether it be watching, you know, Jordan and watching guys do interviews. And I was just like, yo, I want to, and even, even rappers, like I always look at rap interviews. It's like, I was like, yo, if I could give a rap interview, like those rappers be smoking a blunt on the yeah, joint, yeah, yeah, yeah. like just being reckless and yeah. talking about whatever the hell they want to talk about. Or guys like Hove that like give you that, give you that inquisitive insight on certain things and still have some swag with it at the same time and still be able to, you know, be slick and smart and, you know, just be able to dance around and do all of that. I always always admired that from, like, different people. You signed to Rock Nation. Mm -hmm. What was that about? Why? Um, I think they were doing something special, and I think whenever Jay-Z decides to do something special, he's been pretty successful at it. And then when he sits you down and tells you exactly why he wants to start this business and start this business with someone like myself, a part of the, you know, a part you of the... You were early on I on was that, early, right? yeah, yeah. I was one of the first two. It was Robinson Cano. We were all having the talks at the same time. Robinson went, said yes first, um, and then I came right after that. Mm-hmm. Has that? Are you still with them? I'm still with them. Everything's great. I mean, they're a tremendous company. They've been obviously growing uh, rapidly since then, so... Um, they're great. I mean, everybody over there treats me with love. It's family at this point. It's not even, you know, I don't even look at it like I'm signed to them. I feel like I'm. this is a family thing. And whenever, whether I was signed to them or not, it would be family and we would be able to do some type of business together. Yeah, obviously you ran into the big homie Jay-Z a bunch of times, mm-hmm. sat down with him. If there's one thing you could say that you learned from him from those times, what would that be? Oh, man, I think two things. One is, is uh, always be ahead of the curve. Always, any meeting or any situation or anything you're walking into, always know what they want from you and know what you want to get out of them. And always be ahead of what you think or what you want out of out of something. Always be ahead of that. Always know what you want and be ahead of the curve. And secondly was never say you won't, never say you won't do something for money unless, for example, if I was to sign... You know, if I if I had the option of staying with Nike or staying with whoever, Under Armour or Leaning or whatever the case may be, right? And the numbers are the same. Let's say Nike has a million, Leaning has a million. Um, but if Under Armour 
you would never wear Under Armour. I would never wear Under Armour. Sure. That's never a brand that I would wear. But if they give you a bag or money that will change your life, mm-hmm. you got to take that check. Mm-hmm. You got to entertain that check because it's changing your life. It's changing the scope of how you live and your day-to-day life. It changes that. So you got to at least entertain that because you're not going to have that opportunity over here. What's the uh, that you signed that one big contract with the Giants, right? Mm-hmm. What what was the biggest contract? That was a six year, forty nine and a half million dollar contract. Oh, fuck! Did you get all that? I got a, I got a large portion of that. Motherfucker! Yeah. Now I got now, enough of it. You know something that I never know because people always count other people's money, especially athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's just because it's so public. Yeah, yeah. You know, you see how much taxes come out? Oh my on that? god! No, no. See, that's some people don't. It's ask. insane. Why don't it's they insane. when they when they know how much you make? Why don't they let that known as taxes? It's more so like it's more so like damn. Why I got to live in Jersey? <laughs> if that's how I feel. You better go play in fucking and don't Green get Bay. twisted, guys. That. Guys, when the guys are excited about a schedule or they look at a schedule before, you know, when the schedules come out every year, they're like, okay, what what teams are we playing against that are in tax-free states so we can get all that bread? Oh, you so know, you get different money from each game and you play? From each game. Each city that you play in, you get taxed in that city. Mm. So Dallas, no tax in Texas, obviously. Florida, there's mm. no state tax. Denver, I think, has no state tax. Like, all these little places that you're like, okay, we're going to Denver, we're going to... You know, we got, oh, we play Houston, too. We got two games in Texas. We good. So guys really, you know, when you get to a certain point, you start opening your checks up, and you're like, wow, st- state taxes, how much? Like, how much they taking out of here? So that's definitely a factor when guys are looking at at uh, at who we play every year and all that. You know, a lot of people this day and age of football, uh, concussions are more than powerful. Them Injuries are more mm-hmm. serious than happening than ever. Why, why do you think that? Is it? People are stronger? Is it the game? I, I, I is... think so. The game is I mean, if you look at the game from 50 years ago to now, it's completely changed. Guys are bigger, stronger, faster. And I think the game is almost advancing too fast now, like where guys are the biggest, the strongest, the, the fastest, and all, and, but their body frames are still the same. Mm. And your ligaments are still the same, although the muscles on top of your ligaments may be bigger and stronger, but your ligaments are your ligaments. You don't grow. Your ligaments don't grow. Sure. So... Now that these collisions are happening at a higher speed, at a higher rate, at a higher velocity, even just your push off. If I'm 265 pounds and I'm running a four five forty, four six five forty, that's what wide receivers run. And I'm and I've and I'm 265 pounds. That means my velocity when I put my foot in the ground is so strong that it could literally rip ligaments out. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we've seen it when people tear their Achilles just running down the block, and you're just like, whoa! Like how does that happen? That's because so much of your muscle is attached to that area on your legs, on your lower body, but your tendons don't, your tendons are still the same amount, you know what I mean? And the muscles are just ripping and pulling and working these tendons over and over and over again. What's the, who's the hardest, what's what's the hardest hit you ever gotten? Who was it by? Patrick Willis, NFC East champion, I mean, NFC division championship game. I was a sitting duck too, man. It was like an option route. So I would go up and if it was zone. And everybody flattened out. I would kind of sit in this little vacant hole right there, about five to six yards. Um, and if it was man, I would I would continue to go across, but it was zone. So I sat back. Patrick Willis is like, you know, probably like seven yards away from me. So I'm like, okay, that's zone. Let me turn around, catch the ball. Eli waited like a half a second before he threw it to me. And I'm sitting there like, throw it, bro. Like, I'm right here. And he waited like a half a second, threw me the ball. I'm like, okay, he threw it to me on this shoulder. Mm. So I know Eli, whatever shoulder he throws it to me on, that's the shoulder he wants me to open up to. So he threw it on this shoulder. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I, I open up that way. 
And literally by the time I blinked and opened my eyes again, Patrick <laughs> Willis was two feet in front of me. And he hit me so hard in my chest, kind of my chest shoulder area. And I hit the ground. I kind of laid there for a couple of minutes, wiggled my toes and wiggled my hands, make sure everything was still working. And then I got up and kind of shook it off and kind of got back. But it was, it was a decent collision, I can tell you that. You know, sitting here today, seven years later, mm-hmm. do you still feel any effects of playing football? Um, on a little bit. I mean, mainly in my legs, like just when I wake up, just to tire some. Obviously, in my knee, I had surgery on my knee, so I can literally like guess the weather from my knee. Like if it's a little, if I wake up and it's a little tight, that means it's like muggy out. It's probably gonna rain. Things like that. If I wake up and it's like feeling fluid and I'm like feeling good, it's probably sun's out. Probably it's gonna be a nicer day. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. So. Funny how I that wake works, up with right? some yeah, it's so crazy how that works. But I wake up with some with some ailments. But in comparison to some other guys I speak with, man, I'm I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Now, do you now? Life is after football right now. Mm-hmm. But um, do you have any plans on going back, or is it? Are you officially going to announce it? Um, I'm thinking about it. I'm I, I want to weigh my options out starting next year and see kind of you know what's out there, what what opportunities, if any, are even out there. Um, and then kind of take it from there. But I want to give it one more shot and then see, and see what's up. What uh, Now, after the Giants went to the Bears, that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. What happened over there? I honestly don't know. I mean, uh, I was doing great. I was, I mean, you watched the film. I was balling. I was doing everything I needed to do. But I guess they felt like, I mean, Coach Fox literally sat me down in his office and was like, yeah, we want to move in a different direction. And mind you, they had lost their, both of their starting receivers they sure. lost for the year. So I'm just like, well, you need receivers. Yeah, and that it, was hard to see and, you and in a fucking bear uniform, bro. Yeah, yeah people were because, telling me Because, you know, I look at you. Yeah, when you say yeah. No, no, no. I was just saying how they were, you know, I'm just trying to figure out in my mind how you're cutting me when I'm a veteran receiver that can still play, that shows I can still play. I had two touchdowns in the preseason, one in, the, in a game that we had within ourselves and then another game in the preseason. So I'm proving that I can still play at a high level. Um, and you guys, I don't know, you guys are still choosing to go in a different direction. So it was just weird to me on why they would do that because they they have a need at receiver and you're getting rid of a receiver that can still help you win games, in my opinion. Maybe they didn't feel that way. You know, even when we talk about the Giants, and again, we're bouncing around. How do you feel about the Giants this year, man? I mean, a- you, know, you know what's so funny about people is being a football fan, particularly Giants, mm-hmm. and I think you know that. I've always been. I grew up a Giants fan. Yeah, uh, It's funny, too. I, I think, like, I may have met you. No, nah, no, nah, I met you through Ryan Grant at this old this sneaker uh, yep. thing. But yep. even like I remember Ronnie when uh, he introduced you to me, he was like, "Yo, this yeah. kid's a hell of a giant fan." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and him too, and Joe Lapuma, yeah, people like that. Like, yo, it. it's funny to see like y'all friends like that yeah. now because they're really giant fans. For real, Ronnie tells me like, "Yo, you literally." You don't play for them anymore. It's hard for me to watch these guys, man. I don't even watch these guys the same. I'm like, yo, the pro- stop. The, it. the problem I have. First of all, with, with sports fans, mm-hmm. as I grew older, as people look at you like, yo, you're a Giant fan? <laughs> and I'm like, yo, motherfucker, like, we won two Super Bowls in fucking 10 years. Exactly. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'll never forget. Me and when the Patriots were playing the Texans, Bumby brought me down to the Patriots to, to check out the game. We came there. We had like Vince Wilfork's tickets, I think. Gotcha. Okay. And um, great game. And I'm wearing a Giant hat. I was wearing a Scully. And, I'm, and, I, go, <laughs> and I go to the bathroom. And, and and I come out of the bathroom, and some guy was like, look at this guy. He's wearing a fucking Giants hat. 
And I'm like, bro, we won two Super Bowls off you. What the fuck? <laughs> and, and and he's like, Houston yeah. hasn't won one yet, right? No, no, think... no, this was the Patriots. Oh, it was the Patriots. Okay, okay. It's at the Patriots. Yeah, they were playing gotcha, Houston okay. first round. They smoked them. Gotcha, but, yeah. you know, but we went, you know, Bun, Bun was supporting Texas, yeah, and I went course. and supported him. Of course. But um, people make fun of that. Look, it's a tough year. It, it, the thing that amazes me for the Giants is that they spent so much fucking money mm-hmm. and have problems. They never took time to work on offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not mad because, listen, sports to me isn't what sports to me as a kid was. Mm-hmm. Sports to me is a business. Yep. They need to work on their business. 100%. But more importantly, even think about, and, and, and we'll go on a break uh, and, and you'll tell us about the, you know, walking us through the injury. But we're talking about not playing you. When you came back for your injury, mm-hmm. and you had a new coach, Ben McAdoo, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I would always, when you got hurt, I texted you, or, you know, I always yeah, yeah, sending you, you blessings. Yeah, always. But what the fuck happened over there? Because, like, honestly, you still had, in my opinion, mm-hmm. had a lot in you. I felt you were a leader, a young kid that turned into a leader on that mm-hmm. squad. And, 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 and they didn't play you at all. Yo, there was games that they didn't play. I remember why. You know how I know? Because I, I, I'm not into fantasy football anymore. But people were cursing you. The fuck. Yo, what the fuck, man? <laughs> this guy, Vic, man, got to bench this motherfucker. <laughs> it was tough, man. I, I really didn't know. I mean, it was, it was funny to me because I was always questioning what they would do once I came back. Because I knew, I saw they obviously drafted Sterling Shepard, who's a phenomenal player. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so where am I going to fit in in all this? I, once, I, Obviously, once they drafted Sterling, I was like, okay, my days are numbered. I knew that. Did they ever say anything to they you? They never say anything to me uh, at all. I mean, I didn't expect them to, but I just always wanted to know why. Like, I understood the bit. So, the bit, so here's the business side of it, right? So, the business side of it is if I play and I, you know, play well and they extend me and I get and I play and I'm on the roster for next year, they have a million dollar bonus and then they would do to pay me nine and a half million dollars for next year. Fuck. Yeah. So So they know the game. They're looking at it. This is obviously my opinion. This is only my opinion. I'm not blaming them. I'm not. But I, I can't help but think this way. They just drafted a young kid in Sterling Shepard. They have Odell Beckham Jr. as well, who's one of the best receivers, mm-hmm. if not the best receiver in the National Football League. They have Victor Cruz, who, coming off two injuries, is playing. We can't have him do great because we're gonna. it's going to be hard for us not to pay him the $9.5 million if he comes out here and has 1,000 yards and, and balls out and all, this, and all this stuff, which the first five games of the year last year, I was on pace to do. I was on pace. We were all on pace for 1,000 yards, and we were balling. And then right after the, the midway break, uh, right after the bye week, uh, we came back and we all had a meeting. He's like, "All right, we're gonna start mixing some guys in, and we're gonna start, um, you know, seeing mixing some young guys in, so everybody can stay fresh. So when we get to the playoffs, everybody's fresh." So I'm like, "All right, I mean, I don't have a problem with that if everybody's getting mixed in. If myself, Sterling, Odell's Odell, you keep him on the field because he attracts so much attention. But you know, as long as everybody's getting equal share, whatever, I'm cool." So game one start game one after that rolls around we're all splitting time whatever is cool. Next game rolls around I'm like, okay Sterling's still in, okay but I'm splitting time all right cool. Next game I'm like okay I'm I'm the only one getting subbed out. Mm. So that's when games like you know zero catches and I have a conversation with McAdoo and I'm like what's up and you know 
he'll tell me, you know, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna fit you in the offense this year. We're gonna do. I do you mean, think uh, he next was game. lying, or you think he really meant that? I think I'm not, not I, I mean, lying. I, don't know. I, mean, but, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. I don't. I, I haven't. I'm, I don't know the man enough to judge him in that in that way. But it felt sincere in the moment. It just felt like he had to say something to me because I was because it spilled out into the media so i had I, we had to at least have a conversation but you about had to it. say something they didn't say something to you i had to say something yeah they asked me i mean i was in you know i wasn't a happy camper i mean you go out there and you bust your ass all week to prepare for these games and i'm practicing and things like that and you want to be able to contribute my thing about not playing wasn't because i'm like an angry vet that wants to play 100 minutes a game and want it was like yo i feel like i can help y'all and sure. i've proven that i can help y'all sure. And y'all see in the first five games that I can help y'all, and y'all are still choosing to move the way you guys. Do they are think that you weren't healed fully from your injury? Maybe I could see that, but I mean, if you put the film on from the from that last year, there's times where I'm wide open down the field. There's times where oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's times where I could have gotten the football, and you see spurts of me being explosive, good, getting off of jams and things like that. So I felt like the ability was still there. You know what I realized, bro? And I mean this wholeheartedly. Giants don't treat their players well, man. And yeah, you know, I'm I mean, look. I'm not putting you in any fucking mm-hmm. hole right here. I'm mm-hmm. gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about it myself. Mm-hmm. The way they treated Tom Coughlin was terrible. Mm-hmm. They treated him very bad, man. You know, I mean, watching him on that press conference was tough. Okay. If you say that, you know... You could tell he was a little angry. Yeah, you could tell like, he was a little like, man... Motherfuckers yeah, you know put a little I mean? extra yeah. in this bag, so I'll get exactly, up here and talk a little. Exactly, exactly. Okay? But I'm fucking red. You know? But listen, yeah. you know, when you know Tommy's red, that's one thing I knew. When you knew Tommy was red, you mm-hmm. knew she and was official. he jittery up there, and he's like, all right, I got to finish this, and start to shaking a little bit. Yeah. He's like, all right, you, you know, got, he, yeah, you know, get you him gotta, off there. Get him off there. But you know there. when Ben had that wet hair, you had to run. <laughs> you had to run when Ben... No, 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 but real talk, they didn't... I feel like they didn't treat him well. Mm-hmm. They didn't treat you well. And that's just my opinion, bro. The, you know, at, people who are listening right now this is my opinion. They did not treat you well. They did not exit you correctly. Mm-hmm. There's a way you do things. I feel like, mm-hmm. and even like you know, even like yo, they did not treat Plaxico well, man. You know, they left him in jail, bro. In my opinion, as much as I know, yeah, they left him in jail. You know, you want these people to score for you. Mm-hmm. You want these people to win games for you, but if they have an issue. But whatever, I just feel like, and, and and I'm a Giant fan, and I feel like, yo, honestly, and then let's get to, you know, uh, uh, recently with mm-hmm. Eli. Yep. They didn't treat him well. That was, that was so But this funny. guy is but fucking. But here's the crazy thing, P, I was saying, so this whole story, I told you I said it on the radio, I gave my version of it on, on uh, Power 105 or something, and people were giving First me First of all, when you say radio, are, aren't you on a TV show now? Is that, is that a gig you're doing too? Yes, I'm on NFL Network. Nice. Every Sunday? Is uh, it? It's like a couple Saturdays out of the year. I'm, I'll be back again top of the year doing some stuff with nice. them every week. Shout out to them. Um, shout out to NFL Network. Um, but so when I say- said these things on, on Power... People were like, you know, on my Twitter bugging, yo, don't bite the hand that feeds you talking about. And I'm like, yo, I'm just giving you my perspective on how this all went down. And then when it happened to Eli, which granted, obviously happens to Eli, people are going to flip out and give their opinions. But now I'm sitting back like I told I told y'all, like, this is how they transition us. You know, when they feel like you don't have it anymore, they're tra- they're going to transition away from you quickly. And whether that's good or bad. It is what it is. You just got to take it for what it is. We have no control over that. If the owner or the GM or the coach of the team it wants to go in a different direction, there's nothing we can do. Sure. But you know it can't be saying? explained better? 
I agree 1,000%. That's the part. Be, I'd rather you be honest with me and be like, look, Vic, we feel like you ain't got it no more. We're going to put, you know, X guy in the game now because he f- we feel like he's got a little bit more pop. I'd rather you say that. I'd be like, all right, coach, I'll take that. I'll work on my game week in and week out to hopefully prove to you that I still got it. But I understand that. And then obviously when the year ends, you know, we'll go about our business sure. that way. But keep it 100 with me. You know what I'm saying? That's the biggest thing with me. You ever have a conversation with uh, Maurer or Tish? I had a conversation with with, uh, with Mr. Mara upon upon being released from the Giants, and you know he was extremely sincere. He's he was, fucking media trained. He's bro. like, yo, <laughs> he's like, yo, this is one of the hardest things for me. Like, getting rid of guys like you or letting go of guys like you is something that will never be easy for me because you shape the culture and you shape the brand sure, of this football sure. team, and you know, and there's nothing. Um, you know, there's nothing I can say or do to change that. You know mm. what I mean? And you shape our football team. And I want to thank you for everything that you've done. And I was just like, yo, that's dope for him to yeah, no, no. say that that's to real, me. It was, real like, dope. it was real. And you know what I mean? So I like that. Listen, yeah. who was uh, some of the other teams that um, that uh, you came close to? Can you say? Yeah, I can say. I think uh, it wasn't New Orleans. It was Minnesota was one. I just didn't want to go all the way out there. Um, Chicago was obviously there. And then... There's another team I'm forgetting. I forget. And there's we'll one remember. other team. Yeah, we'll remember. We'll and remember. Then, but Chicago was like, okay, they got a young guy, Mike Glennon. They just paid him a bunch of money. They believe in him. He's going to be their guy. The guy's 6'6 and can throw a pretty good ball. You know, I got faith in him. Um, the receiver roster was like, okay, I can fit in here. I feel like I got a chance to to, you know, play on this team. I have a chance to, you know, climb this ladder and play on this team. And um, you know, that's why I chose the Bears. It was like, okay, they got a they got a pretty good sure. roster for me to come in here and sure. be competitive and play. You did you get a chance when when Eli and the whole you know, I know you went to the game afterwards. Um did you get a chance to talk to him and tell him your support or No, I didn't get a chance to talk to him after the game. I texted him though when everything, you know, the week prior the week prior to him playing, when the week they benched him, I texted him that week, like, listen, man, um, you know, you always got a friend in me no matter what happens from here on out, man. And, you know, it's pretty messed up what's going on, just just my personal opinion. Um, but just know I'm here for you if you ever want to talk. Did he answer back? Yeah, and he answered back and was like, yo, man, I hope you're doing great. Um, he was like, I appreciate the love. I appreciate the help. And and I'll see you soon. Yeah. He so said, I ain't worried about these hoes. Yeah, it was pretty much what it is. I just made $22 million last year. Yeah, yeah. Like, Yo, that guy is fucking money. media trained, bro. Oh, my God. Like, Yo, and, You ever hung out with him like, in, a, in, a cool, in a cool environment have, where he can have, let his yeah, head yeah, down? We've had, like, we we've had a couple beers. I mean, at the Pro Bowl in Hawaii, his, you know, him and his brother have a little... A little soiree in their in their uh, in their suite and whatnot, and we have beers and chill and kick back and and talk and they're cracking jokes and Eli's always cracking jokes and and uh, and it's fun, man. It's fun when you get, especially with Peyton, man. Peyton's a he's hysterical, especially you give him a few and you start drinking and just kicking back and relaxing. He starts telling stories and starts. Uh, and starts going in the archives a little bit. It's pretty funny. He's a good investor too. I found out that um, he obviously owns, I think, like twenty plus Papa John's, Papa John's yeah. in Denver, and he also um, owns um, I forgot what else, but he owns a co- mm-hmm. definitely. And, and that's what's cool. Whatever you do, you're a rapper. You want to have investment. You're you know you, mm-hmm. you're an athlete. You want to have investment. So Absolutely. It's like the internet. Let's take a quick break, man. We're sitting here with the one and only. Victor Cruz going over the journey, man. Yo, the journey is long, man. It's, it's real, the fucking man. journey is long. It's real. That's we'll why be right call back. it a journey. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere.
Gotcha. What up? It's DJ Static selecting the show off, a.k.a. the Peter Griffin of hip-hop. And you checking out my man Premium Pete. Pay attention. Internet's and we're back sitting here with Victor Cruz. Listen, I'm enjoying the journey. I like, I, I like, there's so many, so many different moments of where you are that brought you to where you are today. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even like we talk off air and we're talking about like, you know, dealing with, say, social media. Yo, because of, first of all, let's talk about me and you met, I'll never forget, I met, we met at some sneaker event. You were doing mm-hmm. this Young Whales. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lifetime ago. Jesus, Young Whales. What, what, what was Young Whales about? Explain for people who okay, may not know. So Young Whales, myself and my uh, former teammate of mine with the Giants, he was on the practice squad while I was there. His name's Nate Collins. And we started a brand during the lockout because, we, you know, we, uh, the lockout came after our rookie season and we were both undrafted and we made the team so it was like, bro, we ain't got we ain't got no money. Like we need to make something up right now that's gonna be able to get us at least a little bit of bread so we can just supplement until we get back on that field. So we started a brand. It was called Young Wells. We linked up with this dude named Josh Kimmerling, who was mm. our designer. Mm. And um and we started, we were off to the races. I think our first run we made like we made like six pieces or something like that and just put them out there, promoted it on literally social media. Um, and this was before social media really, I think it was just Twitter. Like it wasn't, Instagram wasn't a thing yet. Facebook maybe, Facebook was definitely there, but it was like just Twitter. We were tweeting it out and retweeting and making sure to, you know, just putting the word out there as much as possible. And we sold out of that stuff, put it back into the brand, made more, made more. So we had it for like, I want to say two, three years until we were at that kind of that crux that crossroad mm. whether we should okay how do do we invest real money in this now and make it a thing or just you know create a different business model and then that's when it just kind of it just kind of fell apart because i was you know winning super bowls and you know winning a super bowl and and caught up in all of that and have a lot of time to spend going through young Wells and nate and you know and having as much input as i possibly can and then i you know i started getting bougie and shit wearing Gucci and, and all this other stuff that I was like yo how do, this you, how do you get I kind of outgrew the brand how, how do you get bougie do you, I mean, is, is it by signing the contract bougie. well I mean, you can get bougie I mean, well, yeah you well, sign well, the we, contract well, and you even, want different things you, yeah. ex, you experience different things you have different friends that show you different things on clothing travel you know are just different things and you're like yo I want that and you start buying things and you're like well you know, I bought some things I had no business buying. Like, you know, just little things like that that you just open yourself up to as you, you know, get those, older. Those Gucci slippers, the loafers. Yeah, remember Kanye loafers. said what he say? Those loafers really hurt my pocket. Yeah, exactly. Loafers What's the most you cheap, ever spent man. on something? Oh, man. Clothing-wise. I mean, clothing-wise, I mean, I bought a... I mean, I, I don't believe... Let's be clear. <laughs> I don't believe in paying full price for anything. Of course. Um, and and, and then I, 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 I totally understand. If I didn't seated, it ain't right in my opinion. Yo, but, you uh, know what sucks when you get seated? <laughs> you don't want to buy shit anymore, man. Yo, you get so jaded. Yo, but I'm not... I try to be... I try not to be like that as much as possible. But it's tough, man. Because you're just like, yo, I'm not coming in here spending $185. But if you do buy it, you know that you really fuck with it. You really fuck with it. And that's what I do. I mm. buy the things that I really... Unless somebody tells me, yo, I'm going to get you these, wait for them in the mail, blah, blah, blah. Cool. But if I see it and I like it and I, I'm like, I got to have it right now. I got to put them on. So, like, that's how I am. I'm very... And this guy, I tell you, that's why he's laughing. But uh, shout out to my man, AJ, who's in there. Big AJ. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it was always about, and I do, I'm a guy that still loves and enjoys the process, like going, mm-hmm. 
okay, I heard these is out. My sneaker dude called me, yo, I got these in, and I like to go there, drive there, physically see them, touch them. Like, I'm a, I like going to the mall. Like, I like feeling my clothes. I like touching, you know, what I'm gonna, what's going to be on my body. I just like having it in front of me. I'm not a, I mean, I shop online sometimes, but I'm, I'm an in front of you type sure, of sure, person. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So I still enjoy all of that stuff, man. And and you've been fortunate to um, wear and work with some top brands, and it's fun. And 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 definitely, and, and I shouldn't even have to say pause or no homo, but <laughs> you have like a perfect body that fits these fucking clothes, bro. You know what I mean? Like like I've seen you in pictures. I'm like. This fucking guy like is like a commercial ad. No, it's, really, for it's like really crazy. what's this? Uh, who who you deal with? Uh, Ricardo Tishi, right? Givenchy, yeah. Givenchy, yeah. There you go. Talk about it. Talk about it. Um, <laughs> but even be able to get stuff from them on the arm, mm-hmm. who would ever figure? It's insane. Like like um, like a few months ago, Prada just sent me a custom book bag. It's just a regular book bag, but it has VC embroidered on it in like some dope little colorway that they put on there and it has a product. Like, who's getting seeded gifts from Prada? You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, if you would have thought in a million years that I would be getting seeded from Prada, I'd be in a in an international ad campaign with Givenchy. If I'd have my own sneaker with Nike, like, I'd be- Stop right there. How does that even I knew happen? the sneakers would get you, people. Of course, of I knew the sneakers cause, would cause, get cause, you. Because people see the sneakers, mm-hmm. whether they like them or not. Which I thought they were, I thought in the beginning it reminded me of like so much of a, like a Yeezy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then I really started to, like, yo, those pink ones are, are mm-hmm. insane. Um, but here's the thing. Thank you. People don't understand how that happens. Yeah. How the fuck did you get your own shoe in Nike? Man, so it was it was a lot, man. So, I mean, in terms of just getting the shoe was a lot because, you know, they didn't, at that time at Nike, they didn't understand the connection between fashion and sports and football specifically and how I was kind of just changing the mold in the terms of who the football player is anymore. Like the football player is that same basketball player that you're watching going into that arena, but he just has a helmet on. You don't see him. You were not paying attention. There are no cameras on, on all these guys. Like think about it. Like guys like Kelly Oubre, right? For the, for the wizard, that guy that our Kelly Oubre on the Giants isn't getting filmed walking into sure, the arena. Sure. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what he's wearing. But there's now only, it's become a thing. Now it's become a thing. You know what I mean? Now there's triple the amount of cameras of NFL guys coming into the stadiums. And I think at that time, Nike didn't really understand that, especially the football department. They got guys that have been there for years that the way they do contracts is look at a chart and say, okay, uh, Calvin Johnson got this much. And, you know, in our eyes, you're not better than Calvin. So, okay, we'll give you right below that and you're going to get this. Mm. Like You'll that, get less materials? Yeah, like that's not <laughs> that's not how you do a deal. You got to do it case by case. How How is this guy influencing the culture? How is he moving product? How do the people receive him? You know, what market is he in? Obviously, that plays a part as well. And having probably a, a product line manager or somebody mm-hmm. in that field that believes in you. Exactly. That may know somebody that fucks with you. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, this guy's good. He gets it. Or... You exactly, one hundred percent. Somebody to go in there and fight for you. Exactly, and that's what I mean. I ended up having a guy like that, and he fought for me, and we made it work. And the first initial process was like going in, talking about all my favorite sneakers, all my favorite colors, all my favorite things growing up. I talked about my grandmother's plastic covers on the couch. You put I your father about, in there. I put my father in there because he was a fireman, and we put his engine number. 
uh, in there. And we put um, in memory of Mike, which was my dad's name in the shoe. That's my favorite shoe by far. I can make a hundred shoes, God willing, from here on out. Air Cruise, Air Trainer Cruise. So in order, f- why why trainer? They told you what you were able to. No, make? It was a play. So one of my favorite shoes was the Air Trainer One. Okay, nice. Um, that's why that midsole and the tooling is basically the Air Trainer One kind of modified. We kind of chunked it up a little bit. But it's basically the air trainer one midsole, and then we built the upper from from scratch from there. Um, so that's why we called it the air trainer cruise, which I, I thought was dope. Now, getting your own shoe is amazing. Mm-hmm. Did they give you? Were you able to make money with them? Absolutely. Okay. Because sometimes I say that because I Nike you. for a long time will hit you off for fifty pairs, you mm-hmm. give your friends, but you ain't make no money because you know they're really gonna give people who. Well, now, like, that's why I give Adidas credit a lot, and I speak about this, where Mm -hmm. they have given people more chances to make money. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not, say, an an athlete or an entertainer, Mm -hmm. you know, like Kanye performs, he just don't, he don't shoot hoops or he don't throw touchdowns. Exactly. But he said, uh, "What Kanye say? He said I might not pick up a ball or throw a football, but I perform but every night. I perform every night. Yeah, I got the garden sold out. He was in the garden. He said, I got the garden sold out. You ever met Kanye? I met Kanye tw- uh, twice. Yeah, you super chill, too? super humble. Obviously, in that setting, a controlled setting, he was just chilling. We chopped it up. He was cool. Mm. He was cool. Mm. Um, where the fuck were we? Sneakers. So, so they came mm-hmm. out." They so came they out a couple of different colorways. Came out, we made out, we dropped a colorway, which wasn't my favorite idea to drop a, we dropped, pretty much we dropped a shoe every month. And uh, we dropped four different colorways to start. But even before all of that, man, I don't know if people remember, but the lead guy on designing my shoe left and went to Adidas halfway mm, through mm. designing my shoe. So they almost scrapped my entire shoe because... Once we once the new team came around and we started to finish this shoe, the higher ups at Nike thought, "Oh wait, this guy that began this shoe is no longer with us, and he was part of a conglomerate that went to Adidas. So is this shoe like, you know? And because it resembled, or people thought it resembled the Yeezy so much, they thought it was a slap in the face. They thought he was making it as a slap in the face to the brand, mm. and they almost scrapped it. So somebody, the guy at Nike that had to vouch for me, was like, no." But they sat down and made this from scratch. Like, they sat down and really talked this thing out, the things they love, don't love. Like, they sat down and got this together. Um, so after a while, it finally came to fruition, and that's when the pairs dropped. And we did, you know, the the wheat color, the gray, the uh, the wheat, gray, the blue. black, and the blue. Um, Didn't another pair end up in Mar- uh, Marshalls? Yeah, How man. the fuck did that happen? The red pair, too. So the red pair was supposed to drop first. I went to every Marshalls physically possible (laughs) and bought all of them, dog. Or as much as I can. Some people, some dudes made out because I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't get to like upstate New York or some, you know what I mean? So, so they made out. So basically at Nike, so the red ones were supposed to drop first. And that's when the whole hoopla began with the designers leaving and going to Adidas. So Nike was like, okay, this isn't happening because we don't want to make anything red that resembles a Yeezy right now in this moment, Mm. which is cool. But they had made all the pairs already, and I'm sure they were just sitting in a warehouse. And then in the warehouse, after they're there for a certain amount of time, I'm sure they get scanned and they say, okay, scan this number. These are going to Marshalls or whatever the case may be after they sit in a warehouse for a a long amount of time. So I'm imagining that's what happened. And then next thing you know, my sister, I get a call. (laughs) It's going to sound like I'm, I'm bougie again, but I was getting a massage, and I get a call. And it's my sister. And she's like, yo, I'm in Marshalls and I see your your shoe here. Blah. And I pop up and I'm like, what shoe? 
She's like, your shoe, like your Air Trainer Cruise, your Nike shoe. And I'm like, no way. Send me a photo right now. Sends me a photo. I literally pop up. I see this red shoe and I kind of zoom in. And I'm like, is it a fake? Then I zoom in more and I'm like, yo, that's the real, that looks like the one I got upstairs. So I beeline, literally get up from the massage table. I get dressed. I beeline to all the marshals, buy them all, buy as much as I could. How many, how many uh, did you think you got in total? I ended up between myself and my and my man Siraj from Sneaker Room. Oh, shout out to Siraj. Um, he'd I be said, upset if you don't mention him. Yeah, he'd be 1,000%. I forgot that we had to least mention him one time. Yeah. Um, so between him and I, we kind of like, you know, got pairs for each other and then like pair people we wanted to take care of. So I would say we got roughly like 25 pair, 20 to 25 pair that we just took in. Whatever size they were, I was just snagging them all. So Is um, there another shoe coming out with them or? We're working. Um, we're working on a on a specific contract that is conducive to me not just playing football, um, so we're working on that right now. And then obviously more product is to come. I'm trying is it to get only some with clothes, Nike, man? Uh, yeah, from an athletic sportswear perspective, yeah, it's just that that deal is just with Nike. When you say clothes, what do you mean? I want to do some apparel. I want to do uh, I want to do a shoe. Obviously, another uh, hopefully the Air Trainer Cruise too. And then I want to do um, some apparel to go with that, whether it's a tracksuit, whether it's a destroyer jacket, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, a hoodie, a, anything. I just want to be able to give people the full Victor Cruz look. I want people to, you know, if I'm, you know, I love fashion so much that I want to give people everything. I don't want to just keep giving you shoe after shoe after shoe, which is amazing. And I'd love, I mean, trust me, that's a passion and a and a blessing that I'm able to do that. But I want to give people the full spectrum. Well, I mean, you know, you definitely surround yourself around, you know, it's funny too, because when I met you, like I said, Ryan Grant introduced me to you and he was like, I think it's funny too, because at that time, I don't think that you were friends with so many people in the sneaker game like that. I I remember, you know, he was like, you know, oh, you got to know Pete. Yeah. And uh, so we met and we kicked it and then it's like, but you found, you know, I'm glad that you found where you exactly needed to be. Mm Mm-hmm. And because, like, even becoming cool with Ronnie Fegg and his, I mean, his journey progressed so much through that. And you've seen and learned. Yeah. And now when you talk about wanting to do clothes, you know someone who knows how much it costs to get this or that. And that's what I mean about surrounding yourself, what I was talking about earlier, with people who have done it. It helps you fail less. Failing's nothing wrong with failing. Yeah. If you learn a lesson out of it. but. It literally helps you fail less when you're surrounded by all these people. And to be honest with you, bro, I've known him for a long time, Ronnie. Mm-hmm. To see his, and I spoke about this with Yu Ming. I had Yu Ming who never talks. Mm-hmm. You know Yu Ming, right? Sneaking mm-hmm. news. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know Yu Ming. Yeah, He's a quiet motherfucker. He's <laughs> from the triads, trust me, bro. Him and Ricky Tang. But um, he was like, yo, his story is probably one of the most successful in sneakers. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy, crazy to think that, bro. I remember. And, it's, and if yeah. you think about the amount of time from it's not, not long. even just David Z, but just if you want to start with Kith, from the inception of Kith to where it is now, and what it's only been seven years. Well, I'll give you an example. Many years ago, he invited me and Chris Vidal mm-hmm. to a David Z release that he did. Okay. He was happy that me and Chris Vidal were there. That motherfucker would not be happy if me and Chris Vidal <laughs> were there today. I'm happy. Even same thing, like you speak yeah. about Siraj, man. Yeah. You know what, thing. man? That kid, uh, he's been grinding, man. And and I'm glad to see that, too. Heavy. Because here's the thing. In this game, I think we try to show and prove so much. Yeah. 
that we forget to enjoy the blessings that say, are upon he, he, us. I say that to Ronnie all the time. Yeah. I, I, I'm just like, yo, sometimes you got to take a minute, right? I mean, I'm sure you got, obviously, work out the wazoo. I'm sure you got ideas in your mind that you're putting on paper that's getting facilitated, that's constantly bogging your mind. But you got to take time to smell the roses a little mm, bit. Mm, it's okay. Mm. It's okay to, you know, sit back and enjoy the fruits of your labor a little bit because if you don't take that time to appreciate that, you won't appreciate the work. And you want to continue to appreciate the work that gets you to do those things of leisure that are just amazing and you get to enjoy those things. That's why you put the grind work in. But you got to have the the moment to sit back and say, wow, I accomplished this. Sure. Let's refresh. Let's restart. And then let's keep it moving. What's one thing you really uh, admire about Ronnie? I think... Um, just his work ethic. I mean, the dude is working nonstop. No matter how big his company grows, no matter how many collaborations, no matter how many more people wear his clothes. I mean, I just saw a picture of Drake in his clothes. In his, in his one of you know what's so funny? Set. Me and Drake used to, we used to, we used to deal with him back in the day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when he was in David Z, um, you asked Ronnie. And uh, you'll see pictures of me and Drake from back in the fucking day. That's crazy. When I was serving him, I used to be in retail many mm-hmm. years ago. Um, him, Nico, Hush, all of them. Uh, Ronnie used to deal with them for Red Wings. Yeah, he used I to bless them at Red Wings. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. When the Red Wing thing was, yeah, he, he, he was moving them. He was moving them to him. But yeah, you no. Know, it's, it's, it, what were you saying about Ronnie? We're saying that I was just saying his work ethic is the biggest thing that I take from all you know all the collaboration, everything that he's done. His work ethic, even to this day, is still the same. He's still grinding. He's still putting that work in. Still connecting and meeting people to advance his brand and bring it to a whole new level. Yeah, I mean the guy had, and this will be the last thing because I hate you know, bigging this guy up. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing the, the person got who loves himself this so guy, much. This guy's got enough accolades. Pushed himself into outer space, bro. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, but the I mean any person who can do a fashion show right and have Nike, Adidas, Puma. And I don't know another sneak foot Moncler and Bergdorf and Nike. You know, it's Nike Apparel, LeBron James, Scottie Pippen. I mean, to have all you have all these people from all these different competing brands sitting in the same place, sure, taking in your show, sure. Like that's that's insane. You know, what I say about that when you have power, mm-hmm. access it mm-hmm. because you may not have power forever. Mm-hmm. And what, the biggest thing he says to me he was like, "Yo, like now I've gotten to the point where I go in these meetings and I ask for the most." Wild shit. I just asked for... Bro, I love seeing the things he does too. Like, you know, meaning like, I'm sure he probably says, look, hey, motherfucker, you want to work with us? I'm going to bring 10 of my homies exactly. on a private jet to Aspen. <laughs> We're all eating lobster and oyster and fucking, uh, you know, Gabby Gol. You know? 100%. Like, like meaning 100%. like, you can ask for things mm-hmm. and you can stretch when, when, mm-hmm. when you're moving it. You 100%. Know? And he's like, yo, I just go in there. Like, uh, the biggest thing I I thought he would ever do, at least to that date, was get the Yankees to take the Yankee logo off the hat and put a Kith logo on yeah, it, yeah. Kith box logo on a Yankee hat. I was like, yo, there's no way right. you're going to do that. He was like, yo, the only way that came about, I walked in the meeting and was like, yo, I want to put the box logo on a Yankee hat. And they said, okay. And I looked at them like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, Pretty sick. I just shot my shot and, and we'll see what happens. He goes, now I walk into every meeting shooting my shot and something's going to stick. You know what I'm saying? So it's just his work ethic, man. It's just, it's just second to none in that space. And obviously... Um, he's he's reaping the benefits of that. Sure. When you deal with a crew like that, um, not only just in that in general, mm-hmm. think about 
How many phony people have you came across? Oh my god, so many. Still coming across them, especially. Are you good at? Are you good at uh, dealing with them? Yeah, because Jay I, told I, us Jay had move man. in a room full of vultures. One thousand percent. I mean, I I have guys like my man Big AJ here, and, and God, because I can't say no, or I can't. I, I'm I'm hard. I will always give that person the benefit of the doubt because that's how I came up. Right? Somebody gave me a shot to prove myself and show my worth, and. I made the best of it. So I will never say no. But I can definitely, even though I'm not saying no, I can definitely spot, you know, the BS from a mile away. Mm. And then if I can't spot it, guys like AJ or my other guy, my my other boy from back home, all of my friends are this way. And they will point it out and they will tell me, yo, that guy's full of shit or... Yo, you don't need to be with that dude. He did he did X, Y, and Z, or whatever the case may be. They get, these guys are on it because I'm never gonna. You're never gonna walk away from an experience with me and be like, yo, that guy was an asshole, mm-hmm. or he was, you know, he treated me in a negative way. I always want to treat everybody the same. Sure, you sure. know what I mean, and be that and, and be that be that guy. What do you think about you know? Uh, we spoke about when we started, came back from the break. Spoke about social media, and we spoke about how people you put some up, they're fucking rough, bro. They're it's rough crazy. on you. Okay, I've seen so many people. We'll bring this back out, right? Yo, Victor Cruz doesn't want to play football. He wants to fucking work at Kith. Amazing. Have you ever I... answered back and eat him? No, I okay, mean so I, I've back. started to, man. I've started to, but I don't. I don't need to answer back to. No, that. No, no, I know that, no, but that's no, not I know. funny. I'm just saying, but in general, even when I read it, and I'm like at home, I laugh. I'm dying laughing. It was like, yo, Vic. Vic don't work, you know, Vic doesn't have a job anymore because he's full-time at Kit. Yeah, yeah, I brought, you know I, what I, mean? I, will, I used to love social media having me dying like you would put like, we're, you know, we're back on the field and he's like, yeah, no catches this week because he's worried about <laughs> fucking Mercer pants, you know? <laughs> Yo, that shit had me dying, man. <laughs> it's funny. The, the the crazy thing is the kids that make up these memes and do these things, they have no idea how talented they are. Sure. They have no idea the amount of wit that it takes and the amount of you know, to make people process, laugh, to make people laugh, and to do and to come up with these slogans that are funny, witty, the photo, and to do that consistently. There's a, there are guys that do this consistently that are consistently funny. You know what I mean? So I just take it for what it is. I just laugh at it, man. It's, it's, it's all jokes. Favorite player of all time, NFL. Favorite NFL player of all time is Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ever met him? Met him in a bunch of times. He's prime. We call him prime now, but he's he's a G. I mean, he's just been through it all. I mean, the guy. This exemplifies how he, you know, the type of player he was. He played in a game with the Falcons. No, played in a game with the Braves. And a baseball game was a day game. Played in the day game. Took a helicopter to the Atlanta Falcons practice facility because they had a night practice that day. Mm. Landed on the auxiliary practice field. Got off. Went to the locker room, changed up, and, and practiced that day. Sounds like something just Blaze would do. <laughs> some some stupid shit. Crazy. I, I, that, I, again, I told you, I've always, I never, bro, I've reaped some of the best relationships in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, never big money, man, but it's still, it's, I still feel it's coming. But I remember, like, you know, being at a party or something, talking to anybody, yeah, I just got off the helicopter. And I just got it. Like, what the fuck? Like, what know? helicopter? Dion, Dion, listen, Dion, man, Dion He's is a the bad man. man. What about when I bring up somebody like Michael Strahan? What does that mean to you? Oh man, I mean he's he's the one that transcended what it is to 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 have a post career. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like obviously you got guys like Terry Bradshaw and you know different types of athletes that have gone on to have successful post you know post career careers. 
um, or post careers rather. Um, but no one did it like Stray. No one for him to call his last year and to win the Super Bowl that last year. I mean, not a lot of guys get to do that, and mm-hmm. not a lot of guys get that opportunity to do that with a team to do that. And obviously, that coupled with his charm and wittiness. And, you know, just his personality and his willingness to do, to be outside of the box. I think he was never scared to, like, be funny or do something funny or or do something that was out of his comfort zone. He was always up for it. And, and I think that's what set him apart. And I think, you know, the, the Joy McKelly and Michael kind of started him off so you can see who he is. And then he just took that and ran with it. Mm. What about somebody like Justin Tuck? Justin Tuck, man, he's a guy that was always... One of the smart, always the smartest dude in the room. Always, always a guy that knew everything, knew you know how he needed to act, especially as a captain. He knew the beat of the team. He knew how the team moved. He understood it, and he understood what it was to be a giant. He understood like the prestige that came with that, and he he honored that, and he still honors that to this day. Mm. Listen, and we always man. have. Uh, we used to have sneaker battles too. We used to come in like he was size fourteen though. Yeah, and and it was impressive what he could do. But you know, I had to outshine him a couple of times. But, no, but what we would do was we would like, yo, we're picking. We'll pick a number that we'll pick a Jordan number that week, and we got to wear as many pairs that we have from that number that week. So if it was a Jordan seven that week, we got to wear all Jordan sevens. And if you ran out. It's like, oh, I got more pairs than you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm a sneaker king. You know, we, we battle week to week on who would win. I like that. I like um, that. So, yeah, we, we have fun with it. You know, um, after football, if you don't go back, mm-hmm. what do you plan on doing? Obviously still. Do, I mean, you're investing. You got the app. I got the investments. I got the app. Obviously, um, fashion's going to be there mm-hmm. in, in, in a, in a like major modeling way. Like modeling or? Both or, modeling. I hate the word consulting, but yeah, I consulting? guess modeling. consulting with different brands, potentially. No, you make the fucking. I told you, no homo, man. I mean, nothing I have to say is, but you make the product look good. You'd be <laughs> wearing you. a pea coat with a scarf. I exactly. see you out here, old bougie. Do it. I'm mm-hmm. trying to. It's cold out there in New York. <laughs> um, so doing that, but yeah. So the fashion thing is one, obviously. Doing some some analyst stuff, continuing that world. But I want that to be, like, the analyst stuff, I don't want it to be stuffy. You know, that could be in a suit, behind a desk, talking for two hours. I don't want it to be that. I want it to be hands-on. I want it to be fun. I want it to be casual. I want it to be myself. And I think Good Morning Football and NFL Network allows me to do that. And there's some other things that I'm working on in the pipelines that will continue to express that. Nice. Um, obviously, still continue to do my podcast, which obviously you got to come on. That's right. You Mr. On now, you do that with, uh, what's his name, Paul Rivera, right? Paul Rivera, He used yeah. to work at Nike, right? He used to work at Nike for years. Okay. I actually met him right after that when he met at... When he worked at um, he worked at Beats by Dre directly after that. Mm-hmm. That's where I met him. That's called the Victor Cruz Show. It's called the Victor Cruz Show. Do you like podcasting, man? With I, I do. Uh, it's just a form of obviously, like you, we talked about this off air, but just therapeutic. Yeah. I mean, just come out and just talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. Give your opinion on whatever you want to give your opinion about. And no one can tell you whether you're right or wrong. No one can tell you whether to, you know. The best thing about podcasts is you can mess up. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to like. Read a script and read it perfectly. True. You know what I mean. You just That's why your- I feel like advertisers are starting to really. I mean, they haven't came in fully yet. They're there, mm-hmm. but trust me, they haven't fully came in yet. Because who could read better than a host that mm-hmm. has unfiltered like that? Yep. 
We used 100%. to, you know, we used to just read out ads like, listen, I'm going to tell you why you fuck with this company mm-hmm. for. Exactly. Like, you don't hear that, like, where people tell you 100%. that. 100%. And that's the language we speak, mm-hmm. right? That's the, we don't speak the, you know, come to Foreman Mills. Yeah. And, you know, we Get don't, yourself a yeah. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> come to Burlington Factory. Even though they took the coat away, they still got coats. I saw that commercial <laughs> the other day. I'm like, what? Like, who cares about coats at Burlington Coat Factory? But, like. Those are that's the language we speak, right? Every day with our friends, we like, yo, like this brand is dope. Let me tell you why you should holler at this brand because they got you know cargo pockets and whatever the case sure, may be. Sure. That's how we talk. So when we hear it that way, it triggers our brain, it triggers our ears. Like, oh, that sounds like my brother saying that. Let me listen up. Who is this? What is this about? You sure, sure. Especially when you're giving out like free content too. I think that people appreciate all the times and the episodes and that you you know. And then like, oh, if this guy's getting some paper from it, let me support it. I mm-hmm. think the fans of the of, of, of content you create believe in that. Yeah, so. absolutely. But absolutely. yeah, listen, internet, check out the Victor Cruz show with Paul Rivera. And Paul Rivera. And it's on Uninterrupted too. Now what is that, LeBron's, um, is that LeBron or Mav Carter's? So that's, Le- you can say both. Mm-hmm. Um, they both pretty much run the platform and uh, I'm also an investor in that platform. Also. Really nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just, you know, it's basically a platform to get whatever you want to cross. Like, whatever. Obviously, there's podcasts. Um, there's different sports. formats. There's sports, obviously. I can literally pick up my phone and talk into the in, into my phone and give my on-the-spot opinion. It, it, it's basically built so the sports uh, athlete has a voice. Mm. And it's, you know, a lot of times we get subjected to the media and the beat writers writing what they want to write or sure. extracting, you know, the, the, the meat and potatoes of, a, of, of an article of what you said and taking, you know, a little snippet, making it a headline. And no one reads the articles. Everyone sure, just sure. reads the headline and develops an opinion. Sure. You know, it's uh, again, uh, to bring up Just Blaze, he brings out about a time that people take um, something you say and then turn it around mm-hmm. to something that, you know, wasn't even what you were talking about. But, and for probably just bait click, you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. That's it. But it's, that's uh, it. You, know, you know, you speak about the media, and this is my last thing about the media. Okay. Okay, and uh, you know, internet's gonna kill me if I don't ask you. <laughs> you people have seen you walking around, booed oh, the fuck God. up oh, with Karuchi. Okay, is is are you, is are you dating? Is it and is that uh, something you're doing? We're friends. We're definitely. I mean, it's not like I'm breaking something. This no, is no, something. This is, this is, no, no. I mean, I'm not breaking it. Yeah, this is out. We're dating. We're friends. We're enjoying each other's company. She's a really, a really cool chick. And a really mm. good girl. Mm. Um, it's obviously still very early, but. The early stages. How does that even happen? Well, we have mutual friends. So okay. We have uh, some mutual friends that venture from New York to L.A. and okay. things like that, and they pretty much uh, put us together. Nice. I can say that. She came to my private birthday party in L.A., and uh, and that's kind of where it all started off. Cruz, man. He's out here, man. He's out here living his life, man. You better make sure Chris Brown don't pull up on oh, you, Oh, man. Don't do this. You give it that Sue Woo. Sue Woo. <laughs> Yo, you get all the bloods after you, bro. Nah, I'm playing with you. Don't do this. Um, But... As we wind this episode down, there's two things that I want to go over. You won a fucking Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I know. I asked this to Carl Banks. I, I I met Lawrence Taylor in a fucking bar, me and combat, man. Rest in peace. Um, what is it like winning a Super Bowl? Uh, I think, Pete, ne- next to having a child. Okay. It's probably the next best thing. It's funny you put it like that because then I could understand. 100%. It, it mainly because you meet so many players, right, that never made it to a Super Bowl. Some players never even made it to the playoffs. Some players play 15 years, never even made it to a playoff. Some people, some dudes 
played play their entire career. Some dudes playing the Super Bowl four times and lose them all. You know what I'm saying? Like, could you imagine being in the Super Bowl four times and losing Buffalo every Bills, single bro. one? Buffalo Bills. Like that, that. That's crazy. So like, to be in a position to be in a position to win one, and then to actually win one, and then to have a touchdown in that game, to dance salsa in that game, to be from Patterson, New Jersey. And win that Super Bowl and hoist that trophy. That's why every time they show my face hosting the trophy, I'm just like, yo, there's no, like, I'm almost in disbelief. Oh, what? Do you mean the pictures from the, the Super Bowl? You know, when I'm like holding yeah, the trophy and I got my hat in the back bro. and I kind of make the face like, there's no, like, what? Like, I'm in complete euphoria, G, and it's just nothing anyone can say to me or anyone can do at that moment to take me off that horse beat because most guys don't do this. And for me to do it in my second year in the league, it's uh, it's unparalleled. Mm-hmm. Unparalleled. You know, you, you talk about the highest of highs, and then we talk about the lowest of lows. Mm-hmm. The night you had your injury. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I feel like the world stopped that at that at that time, because and it was so weird, such a freak accident. Yeah. Do you do you remember like ever like thinking like that it was over at that at that night? Because I'll be honest with you, I I knew you for a while, mm-hmm. and never seen you. Like you were crying mm-hmm. from pain. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was it was more than just pain from, uh, like, the injury. It was more so pain knowing I was done for that year, knowing that I was going to require surgery. I've never had surgery like this in my life. No one's ever opened, like, sliced open my knee. You know what I mean? Like, so I was just thinking of all those things. And I was obviously next when I was in the... When I was in the training room, um, I just was like, you know, going through all these things in my brain. And I was just like, yo, I just need somebody to tell me I'm okay. Like, some, I need somebody to tell me that I'm going to play football again. Like, somebody just come over here, calm me down. Because I was going, I was like almost uncontrollable. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, yo, somebody needs to come in here, preferably a doctor, and let me know that I'm going to be able to play football again. And then the head trainer came over to me. Shout out to Ronnie Barnes. And he walked. He came over to me, walked over to me, and was like, "Yo, you're gonna be able to play football again." Mm. And I immediately, almost instantaneously, calmed down, and I laid down on the on the table, let the medicine kind of kick in before they shuttled me off to uh, to the, the hospital. hospital. Mm-hmm. How, how how tough has that been to overcome that? Like um, personally, we spoke about depression. Yeah, um, when you were young, like you know, mm-hmm. meaning that two years that you kind of got lost before you were maybe going into football. Yeah. You said, no, nah, I didn't have no depression. Did that bring any depression? A little bit. Um, there were definitely moments where it was just like down and, you know, your, my leg is in a straight cast and, and um, you know, it, it, it's just moments where you're just thinking to yourself like, man, am I going to play again? I know, Doc, I know Ronnie Barnes told me I will, but the way my knees feels right and, you know, I can't even bend this thing. Like, how am I going to play again? You know what I'm saying? So... You just go through all these different thoughts, and then, you know, my daughter's young at the time. She doesn't understand. She just wants to jump on me and play, and she doesn't understand why I have this boot. Sure, sure. I have a boo-boo on my leg, and, you know, she's just, you know, daddy's not the same. You know what I mean? So, the, you know, it was that. And then, obviously, watching the Giants from afar that next year and not being able to help, and it was just tough, man, and just being, you know, and then coming back from that injury, running, jumping, the whole thing, feeling good. And then the calf thing happens the year, you know, the next year, and it's just like, man, I can't get out of the hole. You know, I was 
feeling good. I'm running, jumping, everything's good. Now the opposite calf hurts, and you know that took a while to come back from. Ended up putting me on IR for the rest of that year. Was there times that you wanted to play and they wouldn't allow you to play? Um, no, because you know there were. I just didn't feel right. I mean, I just knew that like my calf wasn't right or my knee wasn't right at the moment or when it was right, I was playing and when it wasn't, I wasn't. And it was just like, I understand my body and I'm gonna, I'm not going to put myself out there if I'm not a hundred percent, you know? Mm-hmm. And they knew that. And they knew that I cared that much about it. And, uh, and they honored that for sure. Hey, was <clears throat> your journey is, um, like I said, been crazy. And I feel like we kind of told it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave this last one on you. Okay. And don't not give me no media train fucking uh, question. God. Okay, talk to me. Man. What do you want people to remember Victor Cruz by? Um, I just want, I want people to remember me by my actions. You know, my the things I did out there on that football field, the way I greeted others, the way I tried to shake every hand in that stadium man I try to shake every kid's hand on that sideline I try to connect with as many people as possible because I knew I knew this moment doesn't last not because I didn't have faith or not because I didn't believe in my own self but I just knew that football ends this team your tenure with this team ends at some point so while you're here while I'm here I'm gonna touch everybody I need to touch pause I need to mm-hmm. holler at every kid at every mom and everybody wants to autograph a photo i want to be able to touch all the people so no one can say hey man i saw victor cruz and he didn't take a picture with me or he didn't do this i was like yo i want people to be like yo i saw victor cruz and he was dope he took a picture with me he took a picture with my son he signed something for my son he took you know what i mean like i do it all like i don't i don't care about any of that stuff so i want people to take you know to see me and be like yo vic is the people's champ he's from here played here won here and uh and he'll will forever love him and remember him for that. Hey, listen, man. When you really think about it, a kid that grew up in Patterson, New Jersey, plays for the New York Football Giants and wins a fucking Super Bowl. That's insane. Forget about everything else. That that that's an amazing thing. It's crazy. Thank you, man. Thank you. Listen, internet. Make sure you check out the Victor Cruz show. Make sure you uh, Instagram at Team Vic, right? Yep, and yep, Twitter at Team Vic. And Twitter at Team Vic. Yeah. But they didn't have Victor Cruz. Nah, I was just always Team Vic. I mean, uh, my my friends, I guess quick story, my friends, uh, so my junior year of high school, all my boys came to see me play like in unison. They would always come, but they were actually like paying attention this time. So in the junior year, I had, in the first half, I had four touchdowns. Mm. And they were and they were looking at me come off the field like, bro, we didn't know, like we knew you were good, but like we didn't know it was like that. It was like, oh, you like the whole team. And then they started calling me team, and then they started calling me Team Vic, and it was just like, oh, that kind of stuck. <laughs> so there's a good crop of my young, you know, friends that I that have known me for years that still call me Team. Um, so that's where Team Vic came from. Team Vic, listen, yeah. into this how Adam, let him know that the journey is real. <laughs> don't be telling him, don't be hitting him up, asking him if he fucking works at Kith, exactly. or if he gets thirty percent off. Don't worry about that. I get fifty actually. If you really <laughs> want to into this, Victor Cruz, chill. Incidents, if you enjoyed that episode, I want you to reach out to me. Email me. Tweet me, okay? Email the Premium Pete Show at gmail.com. At Twitter, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show. On Instagram, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show. Also, let me know what you like. Let me know what you didn't like. And also, to all my small businesses or big businesses, no matter how small or big you are, you want to advertise with the Premium Pete Show, get at me. The Premium Pete Show at gmail.com, and we'll figure something out, okay? Now, make sure you subscribe, rate, and tell a friend to tell a friend.
and I'll see you next episode. Cheer.